John chapter 15. We'll go there, spend most of our time there. John chapter 15. I touched on this passage, as Brother Roger said last year. And, uh, Lord willing, we will finish it tonight. I don't remember telling Brother Roger that I was going to finish that tonight, so I'm glad the Lord didn't change direction on me or anything the last couple of weeks. So, uh, anyway, we'll we'll go through this uh, probably uh, verse by verse um, and see how the Lord leads. So, John chapter 15, I want to just start by reading the text, and then we'll go back and break it down as we go through it again. There's a lot to uh, there's a lot to get out of this passage, so I hope uh, I hope it'll help you tonight. That's that's been my prayer for the last couple of weeks. Um, so let's start reading in verse number one, and we'll go all the way down to verse number fourteen. Bible says, I am the true vine, this is the Lord Jesus speaking, of course, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another, as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Pray one more time. Father, thank you, Lord, for the word that you've given us, Lord, the Bible. Thank you, Lord, for the truth that we receive through it. Pray now tonight you would help us see the truth in this passage that you would give me that which I do not have, that I might give to them which you have given to me in my time of study. Pray, Father, that you would be honored and glorified in everything here in this service and the services next door. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, here we are. The Lord Jesus is teaching, and in the setting of a garden, if you will, okay? We have a vine, we have the husbandman, and we have the true vine, okay? So, in verse 1, the first word that I want to point out to you is when the Lord Jesus says, I am the true vine. 
in the spiritual, you know, in, in a in a vineyard like this, okay, there could be multiple vines, all right? But the Lord Jesus is identifying himself as the true vine. And so then in the spiritual uh, application today, you know that there are several different philosophical ideas out there, if you will, and we know that Jesus Christ, the gospel as we know it, through the word of God, is that true gospel. It is truly the good news. And so, because we know that the Lord Jesus is the true vine, as long as I am connected with that vine, brother Zach, that gives me stability, knowing that I'm attached to the right vine, Adrian Rogers used an example that uh, people describe him as a nut. He said, well, I'm fastened to the right bolt. Same illustration here with a vine. I'm attached to the right vine in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's stability. There's, there's, there's uh, security there, if you will. Safely trust, knowing that I can safely place my faith in him, knowing that he will take care of me. There is a vine, the source, the strength, the stability. The husbandman, that's the God. Um, that's our Heavenly Father. He's the one that oversees everything. He is guarding. He's the one that gives us that security. Okay, We have the stability through the Lord Jesus, but ultimately we have our security from Almighty God because He is the husbandman taking care of the vine and the fruit. So that's just... A, general overview of what we have and and uh, I want to say that I'm grateful to be on the true vine and that I'm not hanging off on the ground dried up and dead or that I'm not somewhere else that I am because of Lord Jesus on the right vine and therefore it creates the opportunity now for me to bear fruit for him and for his sake so that's really part two of this uh, series, if you want to call it that, is bearing fruit. Okay. So I had planned on teaching this like the first week of January or something, but even though being three three weeks into January, we're still pretty young in the year. But I want I want to challenge myself to move forward this year in being more the Lord. And to do that, I'm going to have to make some adjustments to my personal life. And I'll go ahead and uh, illustrate one of those is because I found myself in 2021, I would try to read the proverb of the day. This is just a simple, uh, real example from my life. And you probably saw it in happening that I would go through this stage of reading my proverb of the day, and then I would not, okay, and I was too seasonal with that, that's one of the small things in my daily devotional time with the Lord that I would like to clean up, I want to read the proverb of the day every day for 2022, so I was thinking, you know, how am I going to discipline myself with this, so I work at Brother Lewis's office, and we had a patient give us a small goodie bag for Christmas and things like that. It's nice to know that a few people that come through there actually like you, you know. 
but uh, she, she gave us a yearly calendar, you know, one of those pocket calendars. I'll be honest with you, I never really used those things, okay? And so I'm sitting there at home at my desk, how am I going to use this? Well, then Brother Ben, I got the idea, okay, well, if I read my proverb of the day, Proverbs chapter 1 on January 1st, 2022, and let's say I want to take one thought from chapter 1, one thought and from one verse, and so and write that one-liner thought about that verse in my calendar. And then I'm going to draw a little square around the verse number inside my Bible. That way, when February 1st rolls around, I remember which verse I had pulled a thought from last time. That way, I don't duplicate <coughs> verses. So then by the end of the year, if, if I do this, I'll have 365 thoughts from the book of Proverbs. And was that? About 30 or so from each uh, 12 from each day. Something like that. So that's how, I, and I'm still on track, Brother Roger. I'm still on track, and honestly, I've really enjoyed it, Brother Ed. And uh, I haven't, you know, we haven't quite rolled over to February 1st where I see the previous box yet, you know. But So that's one of the things that I want to clean up in my life, and that's the way I have, you know, uh, disciplined myself. I like working with numbers and things like that. I'm analytical. That just works for me. So, in my devotional time, I want to strengthen that aspect of my life. In my prayer life, prayer life, shamefully, was not where it should have been in 2021. And thank God for His love and mercy and still being good to me when really I didn't deserve it. The prayer life is something that I want to strengthen in 2022. Because ultimately, that song we sang tonight, Draw Me Nearer, okay? Well, it's true. God wants us to, God wants to draw close to us, but He's looking for us to draw close to Him. So if I want to bear more fruit, I have to get closer to the Lord, which means I'm going to have to make an effort on my part. So I've set some goals in my life for this year in the hopes of that I will be able to uh, produce some more fruit for the Lord because it's kind of like with a business. Okay, Maybe you get to the end of your year, you run your numbers, you reached a goal that you had set. You know, Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But let's say you did. So then what do you do for the next year? Well, you typically set the goal for the next year that's a little bit higher certainly don't normally go lower, you go higher. So, and you're always progressing in that flow. And I want that to be my case spiritually. I want to, I don't ever want to get to that flat spot where, hey, I think I'm pretty good right here, Brother Johnny, and I'm just going to put it on cruise control right here. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that way. So I want to produce more fruit for the Lord. So, what does it take? Verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. This is some of that what I like to call optimization. You have something, and you do something with it, trying to make it better. Okay? I'm grateful that my dad, my earthly father... Uh, how he 
purged me, if you will, when I was young. Okay? Because he taught me, one of the things he taught me was how to work with a good attitude. You know, he, uh, I honestly cannot remember a time when my brother and I just complained and didn't want to work because from an early enough stage in life, he taught us how to have fun while we worked. Joke around, laugh around, things like that. And then, you know, he, he would correct us along the way if we were doing something wrong. You know, just he, he would develop us. He cultivated us, trying to make us better for the future. Okay? And so it's the same thing here. God, God likes to clean out the dirty and dead stuff in our life. Uh, Paul said over in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, all things are lawful for me, but all things uh, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all but all things edify not. And I wrote a little phrase in there in my Bible at that point, and it said Paul stayed, Paul restrained himself from things that would not strengthen him. So, if there's something in my life that is not it's almost as if, Brother Jeff, it's hindering me from maybe my daily devotion, my daily prayer life. Then I need to get rid of that with the help of the Holy Ghost. Because in my fleshly uh, state, if you will, in this body, I'm not able to fight that spiritual battle myself. And so I have to ask God, the Holy Spirit, to come help me put this thing off. Okay? I'm wanting to team up with God. And the problem with the purging is that sometimes it does hurt. Because usually when it does hurt, it's because, if I can just be completely open here, it's because of our pride. And I don't want to let go of that, but the reason I don't want to let go of that is because I'm looking at it too much in an earthly mindset and not a heavenly mindset. Paul said in, I believe it's Colossians uh, chapter 3, that uh, Colossians chapter 3, that if you be risen with Christ, set your affection on things that are above, okay, where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God, okay. Paul is teaching us to have our affection, have our love, have my radar, if you will, dialed towards heaven, because i got to get on the same page as God. He's not going to come over to my page. i got to come over to his page. And the Bible tells us, how can two walk together except they agree? So if I'm not willing, if I'm not wanting God to purge me in my life, to cultivate me, it's going to interrupt that spiritual growth. I like something that, I don't know who said it, but I've always held on to it. He said, uh, before you take a fence down, stop long enough to remember the reason you originally put it up. So, you know, I mean, the, the classic example that we use for this, of course, is TV. If there's a reason you got rid of TV in the past, why are you considering on getting it back now? Certainly, it hasn't gotten better. So, that's, that's one of those liners that I, I keep in my mind as I'm making decisions um, as I go. So, 
We have to be dialed in the right direction. God wants us to produce more fruit for Him. Let's move on now. Verse number 3. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. So basically what this tells me, Brother Ed, is you know, I, I, that it, it, this is reinforcing, I guess, what I've already said. I, I was getting ahead of myself a little bit here that I can't do this on my own. I can't do this on my own. If I think that I can, then I'm full of pride. Is, is the, the simple truth of the matter. Verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him same bring forth more, much fruit, for without me he can do nothing. And then he talks about, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. So it's essentially worthless. It's essentially worthless. And uh, there is a, a picture here. And the fire in the New Testament, uh, in these four books of the Gospel, usually speaks towards God's judgment upon man's deeds. Okay, And so, God will deal with the Christian that is not striving to bear fruit. He is honored and glorified in those that do. Verse 7, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So there is an important word here, that we're seeing over and over again that started back in verse 4. And that is the word to abide. Abide or abide. Now, when I look that up in my, my dictionary, it just simply means to, to remain with, okay? To, uh, to, to stay alongside of. There's a few different applications of it but basically not to depart. So, if abiding in Christ means to not depart from Him, but to continually be held to Him, meaning holding on to Him, allowing Him to work in me that way, it's going to take a few things on my part. Number one, it's going to take faith. We know we can't please God without it. Number two is going to take courage because the devil, the adversary, is going to come at us from different angles and try to uh, get that stronghold. So I'm going to have to take a stand for this. There's going to be several days, I'm sure. I've already had a couple, actually, where I felt like I could just skip my proverb of the day and then just do two chapters the next day and catch back up, I don't, that's not acceptable in my disciplined mindset here. Okay? So I have to take a stand. I have to be firm for what I know is true. Number three, it's going to take love. I have to be fully devoted, fully giving of myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Fourthly, it's going to take faithfulness. All right? We talked about putting our faith in God, faith, but then the faithfulness, meaning being willing and, and there always for Him to use, meaning taking that opportunity. And then fifth, the fifth thing would be steadfastness. 
Again, there's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times, and we simply just have to stick with what we do at work. When we have a, a good time and a, and a bad time frame, we just have to stick with them. what we know is right, what is the right thing to do, what is the truth. And, uh, you know, seasons of life come. Joe Biden is president, but Jesus Christ is Lord. And uh, whether it be seven years from now, three years from now, or less than that from now, Joe Biden is leaving, and Jesus Christ is coming back. So life in this world has its seasons, the good and the bad. I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to stay with it. There's that song the Rochester sing called Keep On. Just keep on walking strong. Keep on. uh, I forget the lyrics, but remaining, abiding in Christ, staying with it, staying connected with Almighty God. Verse number 7 there, when we read that, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. That's a conditional promise. Conditional promises are outlined, or identified rather, with that word, if. Two-letter two letter word, but it's a big old word. And uh, that condition is me abiding in Christ. Because otherwise, if you notice how people treat God almost as if he's Santa Claus, you know, you know what I mean by that? Like, oh, I pray, I pray God will help me with that. You know, and it, it honestly bothers me when I hear that because, you know, that, that seems to be the thing to say. You know, we're talking about the world here. God will help me. God will get me through it and all that. They're claiming God, but they're not abiding in Christ. So, if they're not abiding in Christ, what right do they have to ask of God of anything? That's just my thought on it. If you disagree, we can talk after church. <laughs> all right. Uh, verse number 8. Verse number 8 introduces the purpose. What's the purpose of all of that? Herein is my Father glorified. Do you want to bring glory to God's name? That ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Verse 9 introduces, introduces the instruction to us. As the Father hath loved me, uh, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Verse 10 if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So here, he's showing us the means. Okay, In verse 9, he instructed us to continue in his love. In verse 9, he's giving us the means, like how are we going to do that by keeping his commandments, and then we'll abide in his love. And then he provides the example of how he kept his Father's commandments and therefore was abiding in his Father's love. Verse number 11 is the Lord's desire. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. You're not going to have real joy. I'm not going to have real joy if I don't Stay with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is our source 
joy. People can tell. I, I want people to be able to tell that I have the joy of the Lord in me. And that's going to happen when I am walking as close to the Lord as possible. Verse 12, This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if ye do whatsoever I command you. So, Lord Jesus, the way I see it in this passage, Lord Jesus is providing us an example of how He is there to be our friend. Because He just set the benchmark. The greatest amount of love is exemplified, if you will. It is shown when that person gives his life for another one. Now, Lord Jesus had not given his life yet in this passage, but he was speaking on the things to come because this is right before his arrest. Okay, So the Lord Jesus is setting that benchmark and then leaving us with that challenge, almost to the sense of, if I'm not willing to give my life for Christ, how can I be a friend of the Lord Jesus? So, He is challenging us here to love Him as much as He has loved us, to give everything that we have for Him. And the whole reason, like we said, was to bring honor to God, to bring glory to His name for the furtherance of His kingdom. You know, in my time with Brother Lewis, there's uh, at the office there, he's introduced me to a business man named Howard Partridge. He's also a Christian brother. Howard Partridge, talking about business goals and why people uh, don't reach goals. And he calls it FTI, failure to implement. He goes on his business spill and all that. But taking that into the spiritual realm, if I don't produce the fruit that I should, okay, or maybe the fruit that I am setting a goal to, re- to produce, if I don't do that, it's because I'm simply not implementing Jesus Christ into my life the way I should. I need to bring him completely into my life that he might take complete control of me then I can produce much fruit, as he says in the scripture. So that's his will for us. And uh, I certainly want to I want I want to continue twenty twenty two strong in the Lord. And number one, it's going to involve a dedicated prayer life dedicated devotional time, study time with Him. And the applications go on and on, honestly. I think, honestly, one of the biggest reasons that um, I got through college without going wild, number one would be some of my church involvement here on the weekends, coming home from college and spending time with family and then coming here. But throughout the week, I would tune in to 105.7 because they have their radio stations around so you catch a little here and a little there and things like that. And then at night, 
I found a YouTube channel for uh, Adrian Rogers. I listened to so many of his messages throughout college at night when I was sick of homework and all that stuff. You know, I needed a break. I would pull up Adrian Rogers. And so I would try to, and I enjoyed it, I would try to pick up some nuggets here and there along the way. And so I've really learned, Brother Roger, that I need more than Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night, things like that. I need it, you know, I, I get a drink of water several times a day. And my body feels it, like today to be honest with you, I haven't drank as much as I should. I feel it when I don't drink the amount of water that I need to. So, I guess I'm leaving you with this challenge that we all know about, really, is soaking ourselves up with the Word of God and time with God that we might be more useful for Him in His glory. Alright? That's what I have for you. Father, I pray that Thy Word which is stay near to our heart as we go forward this week, the rest of the month, and even the year. Pray, Father, that we would open ourselves completely to You <coughs> to be used this year according to thy will, as you see fit. Thank you for it. Pray in Jesus' name.